Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on September 2nd for the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, 11 a.m. Mass at St. Patrick Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. The readings can be found at usccb.org forward slash Bible forward slash readings. There you will also find links to listen to the readings and watch video reflections on the readings. I encourage you to check those out. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. A few years ago, maybe two, I said, Mom, I'm not going to wash my hands because Jesus said we don't have to. I'm going to eat dinner without washing my hands. It was two years ago. Didn't get away with it. Do you all have to wash your hands before you eat? You all do? Do you? How about over here? Do you? Uh-huh. Over here? You all? You don't? Oh my goodness. Well, your mom's on the Pharisee then. Do you have to wash your hands? You don't have to wash... Well, then... <laughs> mom's like, yeah, she does. <laughs> we encounter this episode where, where Jesus is eating with his disciples, you know, having a, a nice meal, and here come the Pharisees. It's always fun uh, when they pop into the scene. Uh, they got brought some scribes with them, some, some experts in the law, and they have noticed that Jesus and his disciples do not wash their hands before they eat. And, just go ahead and put it out there, Jesus isn't saying that we shouldn't wash our hands. In fact, when we think of it, they have a completely different understanding of what that even means. Um, germ theory wasn't even a possibility for them at the time. They weren't thinking of germs at all, really. I mean, of course, if your hands are completely filthy, they recognize you need to wash that off. But they didn't quite connect that with bodily health as, as we do today. Uh, but Jesus is, is not trying to necessarily get us away from washing your hands before you eat, but rather to look a little deeper as to where evil and sin come from. For the Jews... They were kind of obsessed. First century Jews were obsessed with this idea of cleanliness versus uncleanliness. It was almost as if they saw the world in red and green. Red, unclean. Green, clean. Safe. Okay. And there were many prayers, many rituals, many washings that went uh, uh, with maintaining and coming back to cleanliness. And so they would have just these sets of prayers. Because evil, for them, existed outside in the world, was all around them, and primarily in uncleanliness. There were occupations that made one just ritually unclean. Uh, one would have to step away from that occupation for a number of days and follow the prescribed uh, prayers and everything uh, to be able to enter into the community. Occupations such as the tax collector, not only did they handle all that money, but they also worked for the Roman Empire, made them unclean. Uh, shepherds, they worked with animals, they were ritually unclean. Um, those who buried the dead, because they came in contact uh, with, dead, with death itself, they were unclean. And to be in contact with them made you unclean. So they themselves became unclean. 
It's, it, it's this whole worldview is set up to where if you just avoid the things that are unclean, you're doing all right. And we don't necessarily, even though we, we don't see the world exactly like that anymore, we're not completely separated from that. How many times do we think or say something to the effect of, well, if only we just didn't have that, whatever that is, item or whatever, in our world, then we wouldn't have as much evil. We see it still today. And we haven't completely gotten rid of these traditions of, of prayers with washings. There is a prayer that uh, priests are to pray as they're preparing for Mass. As they wash their hands, they pray for, for strength and guidance. We still have the washing of the hands at, um, before the Eucharistic prayer, where I say, Lord, wash away my iniquities and cleanse me of my sins. A prayer that, that every priest prays all the time. We haven't let go of these traditions completely, but Jesus is trying to help us see a little bit deeper. To answer the complicated question, where does evil come from, with an answer that's a little bit more fulfilling. Not just simply, it's out there in the uncleanliness. To look for evil in uncleanliness is actually a step above what could easily just be said to Satan made me do it. You know, it was the devil. The devil made me do it. But it's actually seeing the world as a bit more complicated than just the devil at work. St. Ignatius of Loyola helped me to really kind of put all of this into perspective. The question of where does evil come from? How does evil work its way into our lives? How does it affect what we do, what we think? St. Ignatius and his 12, 14 rather, 14 rules for the discernment of spirits. Uh, if you ever uh, want to look them up, they're very interesting. Um, <laughs> difficult, I think, to understand if you don't have somebody to guide you. But, but he uh, often, in his rules for discernment, he speaks of simply the enemy. And I've taken that uh, on as well. So oftentimes I will speak of the enemy as well. And when St. Ignatius says and speaks of the enemy, it's actually interchangeable with three separate but intermingled concepts. The first is the enemy himself. Satan, evil, uh, the fallen angel of God, uh, the leader of all that is against God. He certainly means that. Secondly, he means uh, the fallen nature of the world, the fallenness of the world around us, what the Jews were looking for. Sickness, disease, natural disasters, the fact that you can't just trust everyone right off the bat. And thirdly, St. Ignatius is talking about the evil that resides within us, our own fallen nature, our own capacity to fall into sin. And so if we look at these three aspects of the enemy, we can see how there's a domino effect. Satan fell, the earth fell, the world fell, and then we fell along with it. We aren't living in the world that God intended. Still good, 
but not the world that God intended. Evil is at work in all three. So where does evil come from? The enemy. Seems simple, but just a little bit more complex. Christ is helping the Jews who want to simplify that answer a little bit too much. Don't look just outside yourselves. Look inside your heart. It's not just the uncleanliness of the world. It's not just the evil of the world that you have to be on guard against. It's the evil that can reside in the stillness of your heart. Jesus in our gospel gives a good list of, of sins that can affect us. Those don't come from the outside. Greed, licentiousness, uh, adultery, all of these things begin in the human heart, not from outside. There is hope. There is always hope. Inasmuch as there are three things that are set against us, the enemy in three parts, there are three helps for us as well. Inasmuch as the devil is real, God is real too. God is very real. Inasmuch as the world is fallen, the world is also good, created by God, created to be good, and God is still working in the world. There is goodness to be found, there is goodness to be fought for. And thirdly, our own fallen nature, while true, there's still goodness within us. We are created good. God is still working within us. So just as much as the enemy is set against us, we have the help of God as well. And all of this makes for a pretty confusing situation. I think that's exactly where the enemy wants us. To be confused, to have doubt as to exactly what it is that we want. That, sisters and brothers, is how we end up with people who stand and profess the faith, who lead us in the faith, and then do terrible things. They get confused, distracted, they commit evil because their hearts have been twisted, turned, confused as to what they are actually called to do. So in these difficult days of the church and as we move forward, when we ask, where does evil come from? Somewhat complicated question. But we know that even though evil is at work in the world, that God is ever more at work. Because God is the way. God came to show us the way through all of that confusion, through all of that uh, ways in which we can become misguided to show us what we truly are called to do. I hope you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org, where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.